Hi, I'm uh, Sister Kate Braid, a sister of St. Joseph from Brentwood, New York, and I am here with my brother, <laughs> Mike Braid, who, and I am not a sister of St. Joseph. Thank you very much. Welcome to the podcast at the Cradle of Aviation Museum. Today's episode, Nine Yanks, a Jerk, and a Wedding Dress. When George Brait, a B-17 Flying Fortress pilot, returned home from World War II, he brought his parachute with him. Now, even though the parachute was never used, you could say it saved him twice. We're going to find out how. We're going to speak with Kate and uh, Mike Brait, George's kids. But before we do, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast and be sure to check the show page at cradleofaviation.org slash podcast for lots of great goodies and photographs. Let's listen in. This is the story of uh, the wedding dress that the Brait children um, have uh, donated uh, gratefully to the Cradle of Aviation Museum. Um, the wedding dress was actually my dad's parachute. Um, my dad was... Um, a, a pilot, co-pilot of a B-17 bomber during World War II, uh, flew 53 missions. And on uh, one of those missions towards the end of, of his tenure, um, they ran into a, a very heavy uh, bombardment of flak. Uh, one of the pieces of flak uh, flew into um, my dad's airplane and actually lodged in his parachute, which um, he was sitting on, which was how they, they kept their parachutes uh, with them while they were flying. Um, uh, luckily, it, got, it was snagged in, in the uh, parachute and did not hit him. Um, shortly thereafter, or some, several months maybe uh, thereafter, when he, he got out of the uh, uh, Air Force, um, the Air Force said, uh, actually the Army Air Corps at that point, um, uh, told him he, he's welcome to keep the parachute because they couldn't use it because it was full of holes. Um, and so when he brought it home with him and along with the piece of flak itself, um, and my mom said that the first thing she thought of when she saw that uh, parachute was, that's my wedding dress right there. Because in those days, the all of the parachutes were made of pure silk. Um, nylon um, for parachutes was not invented at that point in time. And there was no other way that she could possibly have a silk wedding dress. Um, and so through many hours of toil um, in repairing um, uh, some of the holes, um, um, erasing uh, at long, um, with a lot of uh, uh, effort, uh, the insignias are A and N that are on the parachute. And with the help of a seamstress um, that she uh, was friends with and some people at the uh, dry cleaners, they actually fashioned the, the wedding dress uh, for her, and that's what she wore on her wedding day. Um, my father got his wings at the age of 23, um, and by the time he was 24, um, he had uh, served multiple missions, a total of 53 by the time he, he was released from the uh, Army Air Corps. Um, and in one of the missions, another one, um, he um, was uh, they were hit uh, by a, a lot of bombardment and uh, the plane was on fire. His, uh, as he called it, the ship was actually on fire, the Flying Fortress V-17. 
and he left his co-pilot position and went to the back and actually extinguished the fire, which included exploding ammunition that was you know, floating out of the turret above. Um, and he put out the fire um, with all that heat and without his oxygen mask on, went back to his seat and uh, continued on a successful mission after having really saved everyone in the, in the plane from um, the exploding ammunition in the fire. Um, so he had uh, um, many oak leaf clusters and, and other awards, but uh, all of this was as a young man, um, younger than, than, than 25. He was 25 then in 1945 when uh, he and my 20-year-old mom um, were married. And the parachute that was meant to save his life um, became a symbol of their life together as they literally parachuted into, the, into their future with uh, 60 years of marriage um, before my father passed away. Uh, and so the dress that we are now bringing is 75 years old and it's a little yellowed, but it's in absolutely amazing condition. Um, Where has the dress been for, for the past 75 years? Uh, it, it, we, we moved a lot uh, from Wisconsin to California to New York, a number of different places, and each place of my father's uh, worked in aluminum extrusions. And um, it was just always in a closet someplace. My mother never boxed it up, never you know closed it up any place. So as, a, as a child, I remember playing it in the uh, big walk-in closet we had in California. And we it was just so big, and the, the train of it is just so long that we, we propped it up and pinned it up and made a tent out of it in the closet. After and, a while, I think we kind of forgot about it. Right. Uh, until after my mom passed away, and my father had passed away a few years earlier. Uh, and Kate actually found it in the closet yeah. when we were going through the, the, the household uh, belongings. Um, and we were shocked. Yeah. Like, I remember Kate was. said, Hey guys, guess what? Here's I'm the dress. dress. <laughs> yeah, it was really dress. awesome. Yeah. So it it uh, that's just they didn't talk about things. They, my father never talked about the war. My mother didn't talk about the the dress specifically. The we found out a lot about the dress when uh, my mother actually wrote an article for Reminisce magazine, and I think the the question from Reminisce was, do you have an interesting wedding dress story? And we think hers was an absolutely amazing story and. Um, so she, she literally wrote out there uh, in her own handwriting all of the information about the dress and about the dry cleaner and about all of that. Um, and so we really became aware of the story at that point um, much more clearly um, because of that article. Yeah, I have um, a copy of the letter here that your mother wrote to the magazine. Would yes. you, would you uh, read it for us? Oh, I'd be happy to. Do you have uh, enough light in here? So this is. I'll, I'll read page one, and you can read page two. Okay, and th this is uh, somewhere you think into in the two thousands now, many years later. Yes, it it, yes. it it was after my father died, so it had to be after two thousand five. Yeah. yeah. So somewhere between two thousand five and two thousand eight. Yep. Somewhere in there. So dear reminisce, um, I love reading reminisce stories, and I hope you will think my story is different and interesting. My husband, George Brake, flew 53 missions in European theater as a B-17 bomber pilot with the 15th Air Force. Uh, in 1944, he received the Distinguished Flying Cross uh, for bravery in action. During one of his last missions, enemy flak pierced the side of George's B-17, um, and one piece uh, lodged in his parachute and then stayed there, thankfully. His parachute was made of silk before the advent of nylon. 
since its con condition uh, precluded future use, he was allowed to keep it. Soon after his return home, it was time to think about a wedding. And, and when I saw the George's silk parachute, I saw my wedding dress. However, in addition to the numerous holes from the flak, the chute uh, perimeter um, at each seam had three inch A ends, uh, the letters Army, Navy, stenciled in dark blue indelible ink. I took the parachute to my local dry cleaner who told me he didn't have the labor available for such a time consuming job, but he offered to show me, show me how to do it with a liquid solvent and brushes supplied to me at no cost. So for about two weeks, every day after work, I went to the dry cleaner and tap, tap, tapped at the, a, at the A's and the N's, no, br no brushing, um, that would have shred the silk. And on page two, she continues, I found a wonderful dressmaker who accepted the challenge and the result was lovelier than I had ever dreamed possible. I still have my wedding dress, a bit yellowed, but very much intact. My dear husband, George, passed away in November 2005, four days after our 60th anniversary. We were blessed with three sons and two daughters. Thank you, Reminis, for the enjoyment you bring me with each publication. And then she puts a PS at the bottom that says, I'm enclosing four pictures. The picture our wedding photographer had published in the Milwaukee Sentinel, November 1945, and that's a picture of her with her bridesmaids looking at the dress. Mm -hmm. uh, my handsome husband on our wedding day, my beautiful wedding dress, and the flak. So she actually had a picture of yeah. the flak. Um, all our copies, no returns necessary. I'll leave it to you whether or not you use them. So that was the article that she wrote. And they did she, end up using uh, the story in their um, uh, electronic, electronic version yeah. of, of the uh, of the magazine, but not not a hard copy. Yeah. So the flak. So he not only brought home the parachute from Europe, but he had a, the actual piece of flak that yes. he pulled out of it. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I remember seeing it. Yeah, you know, I, we it was, held it in our hand. Yeah, it was really heavy, and it was it was like a rough shard, you know, of, of I, I don't know if it was iron or what it was, but it was something very heavy. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But it heavy and um, about an, oh, an inch. Um, cube but but like two and a half inches long yeah you said. yeah and head like you it Very just heavy. like like a piece of lead it you was can so picture heavy. that it was like a huge bullet you know but we don't know what happened to it it's, yeah it, it, it was lost with the metals in smithtown we're not sure yeah but, possibly yeah. with covid we're not able to get to just some of the yeah my older our older brother dan um has some, some now you all live for many years here on long island yes uh it's one of the reasons uh that you're donating it to us exactly. here on long island also but uh, what prompted the donation? There was some story about baseball and haikus. Uh, yeah, um, the the guy sitting next to me started to write haiku poems about uh, the baseball games, and the others of us uh, said, uh, "Is anybody else worried about Mike?" <laughs> so, so I so we said, "Okay," because you uh, we we're talking about going stir crazy with COVID and having to be locked inside. Yeah. So I said, "Okay, well there are two things because I had been." starting to talk about moving. I'm moving, <clears throat> moving into another location. And so I came across uh, some, a couple videotapes of our home movies yeah, and right. the dress. So yeah. I said, okay, you guys, here are two tasks for you if you wanna do it. And Jim uh, is making our videotapes into uh, DVDs. 
And Mike said he would take on the task of starting to look to see about some place where a museum that would accept the dress that would like to have the, the dress. So and that's we, had, how we had visited. Uh, the siblings We've get together here. once a year, usually. Um, and we had come here, actually, to the museum and visited. So um, I think Kate had the idea, hey, what about it's the right. Cradle of Aviation Museum? We said, great. So yeah. um, I looked at the website. They had a, you know, contact us mm -hmm. thing. So I, I wrote a, a message in there. We we talked about the message and decided, you know, what to say and everything. And basically I said. We were we were trying our words mm -hmm. first. And then we yeah. decided, now nah, let's go with mom's words. Yeah, that was Kate's <laughs> idea. And obviously it was a great idea because it worked perfectly. And uh, so we kind of like took the, the highlights from that letter that we just uh, read, um, and that was the that was the, the my email, um, and uh, you guys answered right away, and said what a great story we would love to have the dress, and so here we are. Here we are. So let's talk about the dress a little bit more. Um, there's something particular to the design. Yeah, it's it, um, it's just really so interesting because the. Uh, obviously, the flak not only rendered the parachute unable to be used, but really shredded a lot of the silk. And so when my mother brought the dress to the dressmaker and they were laying it all out, she had to get all those that those ANs out. And she worked hard at doing that because so much of the silk had been spoiled by, by the flak. Um, but in looking at the dress now, you can see that there are no really long, huge pieces of silk. This is a parachute, so it should have big pieces. But because of the damage that it sustained from the flak. Uh, when you look at the dress, you see that there are triangles. Uh, and uh, uh, my mother was a seamstress later on with all the clothes that she made for us. And I remember her having a picking shears, which sheared the end of the material so it wouldn't fray. And that was used on this silk um, to good use. Obviously, it's still here after 75 years. But looking at the dress, there are no large pieces. There are a lot of triangles. So the seamstress uh, really piece together um, what, what survived from the traumatic effect of, of the flak coming into the parachute. So it, just looking at the dress, you can see that it survived, as did their marriage uh, for 60 years later. Um, so it's just that that's just another interesting little piece about the dress itself. And we have pictures of the dress on the show page, yeah. which uh, everyone can go look at. It's, it's amazing to think that the whole thing is made out of this parachute, yeah. or pieces of this parachute. Yeah. So your, your father's plane, he was a co-pilot on a B-17 bomber, and um, the plane had a name, and he had some interesting adventures on that plane. Yes. Uh, the, the, the tradition at that time was to each plane had a name. A lot of them were related to uh, um, sexual situations. But, um, naked ladies. Um, naked yes. ladies, yeah. <laughs> um, but his plane, uh, the name that they decided, there was a crew of 10. Um, of, in the plane, um, and nine of the crew were from the north or northeast of the uh, United States, and there was one guy from Atlanta, Georgia. And so they decided to name the plane Nine Yanks and a Jerk. And my father had commented at one point in an article that we read that uh, he said that later on Jimmy Stewart used that name for his plane, but he was very clear in saying that his crew picked that name before Jimmy Stewart took that name. But they were all very close in that plane. Yeah, and uh, as it turned out, uh, one of the things that Dad didn't talk about too much, but must have been like devastating for him, was uh, periodically each member of the crew, after a certain number of missions, would go on what they call R and R, rest and relaxation. And so 
he, without the rest of the crew, was going went on this R and R. And while he was on R and R, which you know he didn't go on any missions, then he was relaxing. Um, they got shot down, and none of them ever came home. So if he hadn't been on R and R, he would have been on that plane that got shot down, and he would have been killed. Which is a, another piece of it, an interesting story from the home front. My father's father, our grandfather, who was also named George, um, had received a letter from my father saying that he was on R&R. And a couple of days later, received two letters uh, from the sisters of two of the guys who were in the crew who were sending condolences to my grandfather at the loss of his son because they thought that my father was still in that plane, Nine Yanks and a Jerk, not knowing that my father had uh, been on R&R. So my grandfather expressed that he was so relieved that he had received the message from my mm. father ahead of time so that um, otherwise he would have thought that my father had been lost on that plane. Yeah. So crazy. So hard. So hard. So why is this story touching so many people? Why what what why is this why is it important? What does it mean? I think part of it is that it's a we're in such a state these days that it's a it's a good news story because it's a story of literally of resurrection um, from from the the battles of war um, came the means for um, something that became for them the most important day in their lives uh, their wedding day and I, I think that it's it's I like that it kind of it's the combination of the experience of my father and also the experience of my mother who was home and going to the USO um, to try and help other other service people, you know, they would go to dances for the other for the service people that were in the area in Milwaukee, um, just to try and lift their spirits. Um, which was her way of dealing with the fact that the the man that she loved was someplace over Europe. Um, and I think that one thing about this that I think it brings up, I wish that I had asked more questions of mom and dad, of both of them, about all of it. Um, and I think that might be a, something that I would like to, to learn from this is to pass on to people, ask the questions, you know, talk, talk to the people. Um, sometimes military don't feel free because they don't think that what their experience has been accepted or that they will be loved um, after telling some of the difficult times that they had in service. But I think if anything, I regret that we didn't ask more questions and I would pass that on. Don't wait ask the questions let them know that it's okay for them to say what their experience was and help them to really come to some full circle um, just as the the parachute brought my parents experience into the full circle from tragedy to um, a, a life together um, that i that's one thing that i would think would be good to just talk about it yes yeah. I, I also think that uh, people um, identify with this story and I think uh, one of the reasons is that um, you know we're still at war um, there's people out there risking their lives every single day um, and this kind of brings it to um, a level of reality that uh, people don't normally think about and especially the fact that that it all turned out so yeah. perfectly great um, yes. And, you know, let's face it, Kate and I wouldn't be here if that <laughs> piece of flack would have been a little bit up higher. Um, so 
I, but I do, I am surprised and continue to be surprised by the reactions that we get from other people, friends of ours, from people who don't even know, <laughs> friends of friends on Facebook and stuff um, that have seen the story. Um, I continue to be surprised by that, but I'm starting to realize now that um, people need a good, a good feeling story these days. Um, and you know, between COVID and politics and whatnot, um, you know, I think that's a big part of it too. That people like to hear a happy story. Well, it's, it's a remarkable story, and it's a remarkable artifact that we're happy to have in our collection now, and hopefully we'll be able to get it on display sometime soon and uh, have a little party for it. Yeah, we we really appreciate you guys uh, yes. for. We know you'll take good care of it, and it it's, uh, it means that it will live on and on for us. Thanks for listening to the podcast at the Cradle of Aviation Museum. We'd like to thank Mike and Kate for coming in and telling us this story, and we'd like to thank the entire Brait family for entrusting us with this precious family heirloom. If you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, subscribe wherever you're listening. You can leave us messages via the anchor.fm app, and you can also contact us via the podcast show page at cradleofaviation.org slash podcast. You'll also find on the show page for this podcast great photos of the dress and the Brait family. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time at the Cradle of Aviation Museum, Long Island's Air and Space Museum.